Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. What a glorious afternoon it is here in the Twin Cities. My Talk 1071, everything entertainment, the Lori and Julia show. And uh, once again today, listen for that hot ticket sounder. And it is a hot ticket. A lot of people want this ticket, these pair of tickets, to join us on Saturday from 5 to 9 for the Royal Wedding Pajama Party at the TCL Studios. I was I was pressing my um, pajama ensemble today. You were Are ironing you your pajamas? Me? No, it, I, it's freshly <laughs> washed from California. Actually, you just okay. reminded me of something that I can wear. Thank you for talking about Yeah. I have a lovely monogrammed pajama. PJ said, oh, very English. I know. That I forgot about. Yeah, see? Because right. we have we have loungewear. We, we have, do. We do have sleepwear. We do. Oh, what a day, what a day. Oh, my gosh. Julia, is I he, had... Isn't he? You, my mom was sick for Mother's Day. She, she didn't get sick all winter long, and she gets sick last Friday, and I mean, like, really sick. So, oh. yesterday was really the first time I could properly... Catch up with her, yeah, about everything wedding because she's so excited. She loves a royal anything, a royal baby, right. a royal wedding, a christening, the crown, you name it. And uh, uh, she didn't know anything about Meghan Markle's dad and the whole hoo ha that happened yesterday. Uh, you know, just some of the headlines: Thomas Markle pulls out of attending his daughter's royal wedding. Prince Harry and Meghan are broken up about her dad's shambles. Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip are very angry with Meghan Markle's father. And then the latest Kensington Palace caught flat-footed. Uh, blah 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 blah. And I said, Mom, you, I want you to, you know, read everything and then tell me what you think. Okay. So my mom calls me back. Mm-hmm. Talked to her this morning. Because she had to watch the GMA and oh, yeah. got a little it was GMA. Everywhere. It was everywhere. Yeah. And she said, why wasn't Megan's parents? Why weren't? Why were they not flown to England at the latest last week and given gentle etiquette and proper introductions? Meet the son-in-law before... Be immersed into the family a little bit. A little tiny bit. Yeah. She said, that would be so overwhelming. I've right. been to a couple of my daughter's weddings that felt overwhelming and intimidating. And you girls weren't marrying any princes. <laughs> right. And she said, I can't imagine what they were thinking. She said, the royal family knows how to do this. What were they thinking? Leaving... As my mom called him, an elderly man. I said, Mom, you're two years older. She says, well, I'm, I can an, elderly say I'm an elderly woman, and I would be very upset right. um, if I was left out of a situation. She said, that family operates with military precision. Right. 
Why are they, do you think it may be? Why have they let a wild card situation? Is it because Megan and my mom? I was thinking because she's under such intense training. Yeah, she's in intense training that she hasn't had time to even think about the obvious. Yes. You know, I want my mom and dad here with me. Yeah. Yeah, I bet she's feeling a little isolated over there. I think that the Royal Press team could have given more assistance. Apparently... Meghan Markle's dad in this, you know, in Rosarito, Texas, where he lives, a paparazzi agency moved in next door to them, him, and he taking pictures all nonstop, all the time. So I wondered why, you know, unless, you know, he didn't want to bother his daughter with it. But here's what GMA has to say about the royal romance encountering tabloid headlines. Their whirlwind love story has been almost picture perfect. The fact that I fell in love with Megan so incredibly quickly was a was a sort of confirmation to me that that everything, everything, all the stars were aligned. Everything was just perfect. But the road to royal romance and that happily ever after usually comes with a side of scandal. Just days before her wedding this Saturday, Meghan Markle dealing with her father potentially withdrawing from the wedding. Accused of being a part of staged photos, now allegedly saying he won't be walking her down the aisle. They say that he's told them he's feeling unwell, that he's been having chest pains, and he has decided not to be part of the wedding. So not only is she upset about the fact that that's not going to happen, but she's obviously very worried about him and and what is going on. But it's not the first drama right before a major royal wedding. This moment during their engagement photos when a reporter asked Charles and Diana if they were in love. Well, let me think about it. Charles was still in love with Camilla Parker Bowles at the time, who was seated at his wedding to Diana. Friends of Diana later saying that she tried to block Camilla from even being invited. And days before Diana's wedding to Prince Charles, reports questioning whether her father, who suffered a stroke a few years prior, would be able to walk her down the aisle. Flash forward 30 years to William and Kate's wedding. The Middletons plagued by rumors swirling over a family member, Kate's uncle, Gary Goldsmith. When Kate married William, her family was hugely under the spotlight as well. And there were members of her family, her uncle, for example, who were doing things that were making big stories in the media that were causing a lot of controversy for the royal family. Goldsmith continuing to make headlines well after the 2011 wedding. In November of last year, the tech millionaire sentenced to community service and rehabilitation after admitting to assaulting his now ex-wife. If their first interview as a couple is any indication, Meghan and Harry will get through any troubles together. Whatever we have to tackle together or individually will always be us together as a team. So I think I think she's capable of... So nicely said, isn't it? And some of those troubles uh, could include health issues as well. TMZ reporting that Thomas Markle Sr. has been experiencing some heart issues this week. But London and the world are fond of happy endings. And the anticipation and excitement is building right here in Windsor. So they had a a media consultant um, on, I think it was with Natalie and Kit, who regularly deal with tabloid photographs. And Access Hollywood. Yeah, and Access Hollywood. Or Access Live or whatever. There was nothing inherently wrong with the photos that Thomas Markle did. He said, you know, two, three weeks ago when they came out, because they kind of came out dribs and drabs, 
he said, everyone was like, ooing and eyeing, that it was so sweet. He said, and the royal family has been involved with their own staged uh, photographs. He said, it almost feels to me like the Marco family has been thrown to the, the wolves, wolves because you've got people following them. And Buckingham Palace knew they had a problem with the two siblings. Mm-hmm. And why didn't they, you know, is Megan just not aware of that her dad was really floundering? Because sometimes people don't want to say that they're well, floundering. Well, and he doesn't want to stress out his daughter. And I think but, that- but he's not feeling very welcome. That was the other thing my mom said is you're oh. not if you're getting married to the British royal family, you should make your parents feel welcome and have them come to England a couple of weeks before the wedding. But I now they're going to have jet lag. The mom. I don't understand why they wouldn't have them come right, you know, up the week of till the week of the wedding, because you're right about the jet lag. Anything could happen. Why not get them there safe, secure ahead of time? Make introductions, have gentle etiquette, sort of. They're treating them as outsiders. They really Mm -hmm. are. And the British press is doing a very, you know, they're like going after them because the London Daily Mail, who reported. The stage photographs. It was their sister publication that would that, that paid to get them. Yeah, that paid mm-hmm. to get them. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. just like I think. But what I think uh, happened to her dad, Thomas, was and when, now he's camped over at TMZ. That's who he's yeah, giving all of his stuff to. Here's what I think happened: is that once the minute it came out that those photos were staged, he was so mortified for his daughter and himself that he just called TMZ Again, to take himself. And why out was of he mortified? Situation. Because the paper said he should have been. All the tabloid papers. Because he took money. No, uh, they said he would have only gotten about 5% of that. They said he didn't get anywhere near. He could have been getting money since last November. But he chose not to. But if you look at the headlines, if you go and read all the papers, they're telling him he should have been embarrassed. They were claiming that in all their headlines. I'm sorry, if I was a parent and I did that to my child that was marrying a prince or princess in another country i'm just saying as an parent if you do anything to embarrass your children around the time when but they're me, going through this big but thing he didn't know that he was embarrassing him because he hasn't maybe he didn't reach out to his daughter he's got these people camped out people have been offering him money and he thinks that the british press just think of him as this shabby fat guy who goes to the gas station by heineken's because that's all that's been published and so he listens to the stupid daughter and she says oh look you know do it go ahead actually it wasn't even the daughter i guess i guess this paparazzo who moved in next door to him said listen we could clean up your image right i i can help you you could be looking at a british history book we can show you getting and then people will realize you're a respectable man he doesn't know what the hell he's doing i understand that but i'm saying the minute it came out yesterday it came out yesterday and how it was worded in all of the things they uh, he has nothing to be embarrassed or ashamed but about. i think he was and i think that was his knee-jerk reaction to call tmz to right. take himself out of the situation yeah i That's feel like what he's I embarrassed think. that his daughter doesn't hasn't you know tried to help him more. well that probably is it too you but know, i mean then like, he would probably they must feel not like, want me there well, right but i think it's a combination i think mm. he just tried to take himself out of it to well, save now he her. wants back in. No, I know. But he says his heart might not let him go. So you can see <laughs> the story is changing every 12 Just hours. Stay tuned. Uh, listen, when we come back, Piers Morgan uh, had the, um, the, the, the half sister, Samantha, that Thomas Markle confirmed to TMZ today. She hasn't had any kind of an adult relationship with her since 
With Megan. With Megan, mm-hmm. yeah. That there's no, they've no, never no, had no. one. Right. So there isn't a rift. They've never had one. He confirmed that to his news PR spokesperson, Harvey Levin, over at TMZ. So we'll be back with World Turns continues. Uh, the drama uh, swirling around Meghan Markle's family. Oh, if I were her, I'd just be like, just, oh, what a, what a, what a How situation ter- that's changing every 12 hours like mm-hmm. clockwork. Here's a, a story. Okay, so Meghan Markle's dad is talking 100% to TMZ. That's right. where he goes to. And he says now he wants to go to the wedding. Right. That he's talked to his daughter. She's not mad at him about the photos. and But he's. it's up to the doctors to clear him to go. So you right. can go right. ahead and royal speak that. Right. Um, he was having new heart palpitations last night. Yeah, right. the stress. But here's uh, what uh, a source told Page Six. That Thomas Markle, Megan's dad, was set up. He was told, he was shown these photos of him drinking and entering a flea bag hotel, like across the border, would be, they wouldn't run it if he posed for a new set of photos. Okay. And because this Coleman Rayner news picture agency was next door to his house in Rosarito, Mexico, Taking photos all day long, he has to keep his blinds closed, blah, blah, blah. Um, They told him if he'd pose, they wouldn't put out these other photos, that they'd make him look good, and he'd get paid 5% of whatever they sold the photos for. Um, Remember, a royal picture, like, like, uh, remember when William and Kate sued the long lens telephoto? Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes, yes. I mean, they can, that one photo can put a paparazzo, they won't have to work for a whole year, you know? And so he posed for the photos, you know, getting the talks. Yeah. It was like four very innocuous. And the Daily Mail, the sister company of, you know, this uh, Coleman Rainer News Picture Agency, they were the ones that leaked the story that the photos were fake. So they were in cahoots together right. to humiliate and the embarrass dad. him. And I don't know if they did that to, like, say, oh, we think, you know, they sh- you know, that that they're just trying to cause trouble mm-hmm. between Megan and the firm or whatever. That's so, extortion. Huh? That's extortion. Mm-hmm. But well, I but he's out there adrift, uh, you right. know, not knowing what the hell to do. He doesn't have any experience, right? Just because you're a lighting director on some TV <laughs> shows for 30 years in Hollywood right. means you're a savvy, like she would know about a staged photo. Sure. Because she worked on suits. Right. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAP. UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. 
did it all the time. Right. You know? Okay, so... Let's, do you want to listen to Pierce Morgan? So, so Pierce Morgan then, um, the sister said that she told her dad it would be a good idea to rehab his image, the half-sister Samantha. Yes. So here's Pierce Maybe Morgan. Maybe he called her and said, I've got this offer, and she doesn't, you know, I mean, she's in everything. Every day she's in the news. Right, so Pierce Morgan was talked talk to her this morning. All right. He wanted to say no. They they have an obligation, an ethical obligation, to allow me to be portrayed as I am, yeah. living a healthy lifestyle, um, not caught in unflattering positions, uh, as media vultures had done. There's no bigger media vulture with this wedding than you, is there, Ms. Markle? How you have the goal to come on here and talk about media vultures? You've just—you're doing a book called *The Diary of Princess Pushy's Sister*. You'd be trashing it for two okay. years, you little vulture. <laughs> okay, and and I'm sure, Piers, um, you like inquiring minds would like to know what happened with that title, why it was that way. Yeah, I've made it clear in several interviews. I've made it clear in several interviews that you can't judge a book by its cover. Okay, (laughs) and he did. Then he was on. Was he on GMA? And he said, "Yeah, we've. I knew we were paying her for it. She doesn't wake up in the morning without getting paid for it by someone in the British press. She's paid to breathe." He said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Yeah. So she. So I have got to believe that there is. uh, There's got to be some anger. and upset, maybe more upset by Megan, that she is like, why, why, why hasn't anyone given my family more guidance, right, for this whole thing? Think about it. If there's not that much of her family there, and by all accounts, there it, isn't, there isn't, right? Okay, so Thomas Markle and and Megan's mom, even though they're long divorced, they appear to have a friendly sure. relationship, so they will know each other. We know Dor- Doria has been over there a couple times, but as of yesterday, she hadn't left L.A. either. Yeah. The Suits people left on Sunday. I know they did. And the sister, the sister, the sister Samantha, she is 17 years older than Megan, mm-hmm. so they didn't even grow up in the same household no, together. No. So I, I do think it's something... Um, I wonder if Priyanka has talked talked to her and she said, oh my God, what have I gotten myself into with the firm? What are they doing? I looked at Kensington Palace Twitter. They're staying far away from this. They posted no less than six photos of Prince William at a construction site today. Mm. Maybe they Mm -hmm. they were completely blindsided uh, by this since, uh, you know, what's his name uh, the dad just he's just talks directly to TMZ yeah I think they might have he been says now I want to go but I don't know if my doctor will let me go right now he's even more embarrassed probably uh, I still get the feeling it's they're not one of us well I but I don't know I because no? why wouldn't they have brought them over well, this is saying. the big thing you know this this is a firm Julia that runs with military precision as we saw in the crown there isn't anything that isn't done. That isn't and why, clicked off. And this off. is just something to noodle. Noodle. Why then did the firm let Camilla Boyles Bowles. go to the wedding of their son and daughter? This is a, a an English thing is to invite exes. Oh, I know it. Glad terrible. It, I know. I'm glad it's not an American thing. Terrible. <laughs> terrible. We'll be back. I can't shut it down. It's going viral. 
This is the My Talk Now trending report. Interesting day on the World Wide Web. Web. Gotta turn on my mic. All right, that's what's trending here at My Talk. Well, here are some of the trends online this afternoon. We have Michael Jordan. A 10-hour documentary about the sports superstar is set for a 2019 release. It's a joint venture between Netflix and ESPN's 30 for 30. 10 hours? 10 hours. Michael Jordan apparently has agreed to work with the filmmakers. Obviously, they're well underway on making this film. It will be out sometime next year. Those 30 for 30 documentaries are really good. So looking forward to that. Donnie's not. Uh, Deadpool 2 (laughs) trending. Reviews are in for the movie. And if you like the first one, it seems like you'll like the sequel. It's currently certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Also, today is National Chocolate Chip Day. And also trending would be Kristen Stewart. The actress went barefoot on the red carpet at the Cannes Film Festival yesterday, rebelling against the rule that women wear heels on the red carpet. Shocking. Yeah, she did have Louboutins in her hand, however. She just took off the shoes and maybe was uncomfortable and, you know, she did the thing. All right, that's what's trending here at my talk. Your forecast is brought to you by Skin Rejuvenation Clinic. Clear skies, 54 tonight. Another fabulous day coming up tomorrow. It'll be sunny and 85. Right now, it is 74. Now you know what. Thanks for hanging out with us. We are delighted. We have Brian Freeman joining us in studio again. And of course, he's an international best-selling author. And uh, your latest book, Alter Ego, is a, another fabulous Jonathan Stride or Cab Bolton novel. Yeah, you have to decide which is which this time around. It's a crossover it's novel. A cry- so you get love two, it. two for the price of one. I love it. You know what? Okay, Brian. You, you don't have to have read the whole series. You can even no. just you read, read this order. Right. I, I, I write them carefully so you can dive in anywhere. Because yeah. yes. this book, to me, who doesn't know really a lot of, about what you guys are talking about, absolutely love it. Good. Yeah. And just pick it up fresh. Right. Yeah. Right. And the, this is probably met, like maybe the seventh or eighth, Brian. You know, I think it's the 10th at this point. Is in, it in your 10th, Jonathan yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so here's my question for you. Um, well, first, give people the setup of Alter Ego, because there might be people who don't know Lieutenant uh, well, exactly. Jonathan Stride from Duluth. Is. Well, yes, Jonathan, Lieutenant Jonathan Stride is, is based in Duluth, and uh, he's, he's surrounded by his, uh, his two partners, uh, Serena Dial, who is now his wife, and, uh, and Maggie Bay. And there's been this wonderful triangle among these three for, for quite a long time. Uh, but I, I love sort of the, 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 the set piece of Alter Ego, which is that there's this film being made on location in Duluth based on one of Stride's old cases. And mm-hmm. so Stride has to deal with his alter ego, who is this Hollywood icon playing him in the movie. And I figured this would be a little nudge to the film agency out there, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and, uh, and of course, he, the, the, this uh, celebrity has some, some dark secrets he might not want exposed. And, uh, I, you know, I, I wrote the book last year. I turned it in in early September. And literally Before Harvey two weeks later, yeah. the whole Harvey Weinstein yep. thing broke open in the press. I had my editor on the phone saying, did you know something? Yeah, because it is very, one of the storylines in this is how uh, famous, rich, powerful Hollywood people right. uh, can sexually assault women and get away with it and by, control and control the storyline by intimidations through paparazzi yeah. through tabloids. Exactly, it was it's kind of amazing. I know it feels ripped from the headlines. It now. does yeah, exactly. Your publicist uh-huh. must be very happy about that. 
Well, happy, I'm not sure I'd say happy, happy but, yeah. but I mean, it was like you were yes. a fortune teller. Yeah, well, right? that's right. I mean, yeah. had you heard about that this kind of stuff went well, on, think, or did you just I, think well, about that's, it? That's or? the thing about all this. I think so many people sort of had their suspicions, and and you know, there were there had been rumors about this stuff for so many years, and mm-hmm. and no one was kind of standing up to, to 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 face the truth because they were also you know scared about losing their careers and and standing well, up. Well, how did like you? This. Was that your inspiration for having Dean Casperson, who I kind of envisioned sort of as a Tom Cruise totally. yeah, type of yeah, no, uh, actor? That, yeah, that, that's right. That's right. Um, yeah. How do you have the idea that he would be, you know, maybe a nefarious man doing well, you know, bad I, things? I think we've seen hints of these kinds of things along the way, and I mean, you had the whole Cosby trial coming yeah. out, and uh, uh, one of the one of the things that's always kind of a theme in my books is that uh, that people tend to be hiding secrets, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I like to pull the curtain back and mm-hmm. uh, and take a look at what's going on behind. And so I, I just thought whenever you've got someone that's this this amazing icon, well, chances are there's there's something behind the public image that they you know rather have not have people see. So. Yeah. Right. I so if you're just joining us, we're with Brian Freeman. His latest book is Alter Ego. And so good. tell us, you know, kind of set the stage. Brian lives in Woodbury, um, and you are a prolific writer who writes two novels a year now. But set up kind of your empire, your book empire, because you have different storylines under different characters. I, I do, yeah. The, the the Stride series is obviously my most long-running series. Mm-hmm. That goes all the way back to, to 2005. Uh, I just started a brand new series last year with The Nightbird, uh, which actually is based out in San Francisco. Uh, Homicide Inspector Frost Easton is the uh, the hero of that series. And The Nightbird uh, became one of the top 20 Kindle bestsellers of 2017, so it was a huge hit. I was absolutely thrilled with the reaction. And uh, Frost has some, some secret minister sort of roots that people may not realize mm-hmm. because uh, the way that came about is that Marsha and I were down doing a library event in southwestern Minnesota driving along I-90 and we passed a highway sign where the town of Frost was in one direction and the town of Easton was in the other direction and I said to her oh Frost Easton I like that name I'm going to have to use that so, oh, so here we are three years later Frost Easton is now the star and right. so do you have your second book out in the night I, bird? I do the uh, the second uh, Frost Easton book The Voice Inside came out in January and uh, you know whenever you, you do a second book in a series when the first book has been so well received you're always a little nervous about right. what people are going to think. And I've just been overwhelmed with the reaction from readers to this book. Uh, well, they have fallen in love with the voice inside. You are a great writer, Brian. I mean, you're you. very, in- I mean, I put you in the same category as Lee Childs with Jack Reacher, Lucas Davenport, Psychological thrillers. you know, Cork O'Connor. Thank you know, you. I mean, yeah. I, it's really compelling. And so I wonder, and I think Bosch. Yeah, you know, Michael right. Conley, and that's on Amazon. Why this Jonathan Stride series could easily be a TV series? Well, yeah, I think so too. I I, I, I write I write mysteries. Doing? I think that's the biggest mystery of all. Why aren't we seeing Stride on the screen here? Yeah, why are we? And who are you casting? Uh, well, that's a good question. That's a good question. You know, the, the the funny thing is, people will ask me that, and I say I'm I'm never sure because. I deliberately paint stride in watercolors because yeah, I do. want the reader to fill, fill in the in. fill in the gaps right. and, and create that character for themselves because that way they're sort of emotionally connected to the character because they sort of share responsibility yeah. for creating him. So the readers all have very very clear ideas of what they think stride looks like and who should play him yeah. uh, in the movies. Uh, but uh, you know, I I I, I don't know. I, there there's so many different great actors out there could, that could pull it off. So. Mm-hmm. You know, you talk in this one about uh, a woman's intuition. Yeah, I mean. And right. that, that's yeah. a big theme in this book and how trusting it, 
you just are so right on. I mean, have you, did you do a little research there to find out about how, you know, because I feel things, I know things were some of the lines that one of the, Amy, I believe, would yes, say. Yes, uh, yes, yes. Well, well, you know, keep in mind, I've been married for 34 years, so I, <laughs> I have a great deal of things. respect for women's intuition. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that was kind of a big theme in there, and it was... Yes. It just, because everyone kind of wonders how well, even, right on it yeah, is. Yeah, even the way the book starts out. You oh, I just, love this You're book. like, wow, you know, it grabs you right away. It's tense. Yeah. In the I, first I, two pages. I always like to have a, a kind of a, a an opening scene that, that mm-hmm. sets the stage for the mystery where you're really not sure what's going on. And, and having this... Uh, uh, this this man out on the the country roads in the middle of a a Duluth blizzard uh, and and something happens to him strange yeah. and un, unexpected. Uh, yeah, I, I love that. I love that opening scene. Although now I feel a little bit guilty. Here we've we've you know survived the the winter that would not end, and now yeah. I'm, I'm throwing people right back into January. Yeah, again. that's it's right. okay. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's good. It's better because we can deal with it now. Well, that's true. Safely yeah. behind that, us. That's true. And the other thing that's fun about your uh, books too is uh, it's very fun. All the name dropping yeah. into Duluth that happens, whether it's roads or the old movies that were, you know, Iron Will and look, guess who killed me? What was the movie? Um, my mother. I, I, John, you'll, you'll like my mother. You'll like my mother yes. was filmed in Duluth. Yes. But you know, the restaurants and just sort mm-hmm. of. You really well, yeah, paint I, the Northland. I, I, I want to give readers a you are there feel in the mm-hmm. books. You want to be dropped down into the middle of every scene and you can smell it and touch it and taste it and feel it happening yeah. around you. And for me, the way to do that is to use real places in, in the Northland. So Marsh and I go up and, and we scout locations you're kind of the way a film Duluth. director would. No, not from Duluth. You, I'm, I'm up there all the time, yeah, obviously. Yeah, you sure but, write uh, like you're from Duluth. Mm-hmm. Well, and thank you. I, 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 I like that. But it it's it for me, it also kind of helps not living in Duluth mm-hmm. because it means I still have sort of that outsider's eyes. You mm-hmm. can see the drama. You can see the romance as, as you drive around the area. Okay, so I want to know. by the Duluth Visitors and Convention well, I, yeah, I'm always a little nervous that the mayor's going to be slipping me right. brochures about oh, Mankato. Good buddies you know. with her. She's good buddies <laughs> with Emily. She's wonderful. Okay, so if you're just joining us, we're with Brian Freeman. His latest book is Alter Ego. It's fantastic, whether you are a stride series reader or if you're just picking up this book. So you said you right now, Brian, um, write two books a year. Right. Yeah. Is that like under contract? You have to deliver two books a year. Yeah. Is that, how stressful is that? Was, yeah, it's 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 uh, it it uh, takes a toll. There's no doubt about that. I, I did two books last year, two books this year. I'll do two books next year, and and after that, I'll, I'll either do book, two books or be institutionalized. I think it's sort of an right. open question. Uh, but I'm working with a couple different publishers, and uh, and you know the the way the publishing market has evolved, you've you've got a lot of print readers you've got a lot of ebook readers and and they're sort of become completely separate markets so i'm i'm delivering books that sort of emphasize one versus the other and sort of feed right into both what of those, would be so. the difference then because that's interesting if an ebook reader versus a book reader what would be the difference in your dialogue uh you know i think that i think it's more a question of how you reach readers uh mm-hmm. i mean with 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 print readers i mean you've still got such a strong you know base in in bookstores and libraries oh, and so i'm okay, going out so and doing events and things yeah exactly okay. whereas with ebooks you it's more social media and online outreach to readers sure but so, you yeah. don't change how you write no not not with not with these books but i'm actually doing something even uh, even more different now i'm i've got a contract with audible to do an audiobook original so i'm writing that now so i'm i'm having to sort of 
hear how is the book going to sound as it is read. And all of my books are available in audio, but this is the first time I've done one that, that's going to come out in, in audio exclusively that's wild. first. So, yeah. Does it feel more like writing a play? I mean, that's kind of just a wild way to approach doing it, it, a book. It, it is, yeah, because you're always conscious of how is this going to sound. So I'm, I'm now constantly rereading the passages out loud to myself so it makes sure it sounds right. So, so they're wanting original content. Yes, yeah. Damn that Amazon. Well, what's wrong? <laughs> no, it's just... Isn't a book original content? That's so what confused. I think. No, it, it's, I am too. But yeah. I was telling Brian when, I brought it, when we came back here is that I oftentimes do part of the book, I read it, and then I have Audible back yes, me up. Right. So whoever is your your reader right now, whoever reads your books out loud, does a magnificent job. Well, good, yeah. Joe Barrett is a Connecticut actor. He, he does the narration on all of my novels. And yeah, your I reader. get wonderful feedback mm-hmm. from listeners. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game. And you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. There's about yeah. that. So, yeah. It's just kind of wild Do all the different ways. Do you have any ways. say as the author who reads your book? Oh, authors don't, authors no. don't have any say in no. anything. Yeah, we, <laughs> we're, we're just in charge of creative production. Yeah. <laughs> but you really, you really know how to write a book, though. Thank you. And it's, Thank you. it was not, I didn't want to put it down. Mm-hmm. So it's a perfect summer read for people. Yeah. And I just, yeah. And I really could see this being a TV series because I really like Bosch. Yeah. 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 On Amazon and Titus Wellville is, yes. is Bosch yeah. and Michael Conley. You know, I don't know how. How many of those books you he wrote before that even came to sure, screen? Probably sure. at least a dozen. Well, that's one of the nice things about the way Netflix and, and Amazon Prime are structuring their series. You have these kind of short, bingeable series, eight mm-hmm. to ten episodes, and you have and be one, one book. Well, yeah, exactly. It's one story arc with all these twists mm-hmm. in the middle, and that's exactly the way my books are structured. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we have got to get Jonathan Stride, and I think so. The well, I'm, there is somebody out there listening screen. that can be that can be putting the book in the right hands. So, you know so go to it, guys. So do you have an agent that does yeah. that? Is that a separate person it, it yeah, is okay. yeah yeah do yeah, they so. all take like a different percentage then depending on what type of an agent they are because think of how <laughs> many do. different outlets there are versus what it used to be right oh yeah Every, everyone gets their little cut yeah <laughs> well thank you for paying us off today we, yeah, like, right. we like the book i have to ask you what's the last great book you've read the last great book I read, well, you know, the, the thing is, I, I, I've read mysteries and thrillers for so many years, but now writing mysteries and thrillers, I can't really read them myself anymore. It, it kind of feels like work. Mm-hmm. So I read mostly nonfiction okay, now. I, read I, read, I, I read a fascinating book called Astral Weeks. Uh, it's about the counterculture in Boston in 1968. You've got all of these uh, political figures, music figures, drug figures, mafia figures that all seem to kind of cross paths in 1968 in Boston. It was by Ryan Walsh, and, and I actually have a podcast where I interview nonfiction authors, uh, which kind of gives me a chance to fanboy a little bit. Right, so yeah. I interviewed Ryan on on uh, on the air about his book, and uh, just a just a terrific terrific story. So if if you if you're fascinated by the '60s counterculture, pick up Astral Weeks. Okay, all very right, good. Cool. All right, thank you, Brian thank Freeman, you, Brian. who thank of course you. is award winning internet national best-selling author the book uh, the latest book is alter ego and we highly recommend any of brian freeman's books thanks so much for being with thank us. thank you all right we come back we're gonna check in at the Cannes film festival a new wig was debuted and something else new was debuted i like me better when i'm with you i like me 
everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, we appreciate it. It is only Tuesday and already we're worn out from the royal dr- drama. We don't even have a royal pajama party put together. By the way, five o'clock hours when we're going to give away our PJ tickets. Oh, All right. People Listen are wanting to come to that pajama party for the royal wedding Saturday morning. Hey, did we... Um, Mentioned that we have two copies of the book to give away. Uh, I, I I don't have them. He said he'd get them to oh, you. Oh, we'll good, because I, I don't have his publicist's information. We did yeah, this directly no. through Brian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay, Brian. I'll contact so Brian and we'll, we'll, we'll get it taken care of. We'll take two callers right now, okay, 651 no 641 um, Yeah, I love that book. I love these kind of books. I mean, I, I read too. all the Michael Conley, yeah. Jack Reacher. I love those. I, I have uh, a couple friends in Duluth who just devour... These books, because it's... Even I did. I know. Oh, no. Julia. I finished it before Lori. Mm, you did. I okay, did. so the Cannes Film Festival yes. is wrapping up. A lot of stuff is happening, Julia. Kristen Stewart took off her shoes yesterday. I think it was in protest. It was in protest. Because Cannes has the, the crappy footwear rules, remember? No flats. Yep. And it's... <laughs> they. Um, who Newsweek just did a story on it. She's part of... She's a member of the festival jury, so that's why she's been at so many events and yeah. everything. And she did. She took off her. Do you think they got mad at her? Because I don't know. Oh. Um, they said everyone, you know, the Newsweek uh, reporter kept trying to find someone who could find the written rule. But basically, what it says is the rule is um, there is no written rule, but tuxedos. Tuxedo formal dress for gala screenings. There's no specific mention about the height of a woman's heels. But they made a big they made a, a big couple stink. years ago. They about did that. when um uh who was it to, for the screening of the movie Carol. Um, someone was wearing rhinestone flats and they made a big deal about yeah. it. So yeah. right. after Helen Mirren fell off the red carpet, she I did. think they have to walk so far. I think that this is going to be a... Well, I don't know. I mean, yeah. to me, when I looked at Kristen Stewart in that dress, it, it didn't even look like the shoes fit her. So at first I didn't think it had anything to do with the protest. I thought her feet were hurting. Her sore. feet were hurting. Yes. John Travolta is screening Gaudi and he brought his wife and his daughter and his son, and he debuted a new, a oh. new feathered gray wiglet to match his gray stubble. It's it, makes sense. It, but it it is such a it, there is like a um, there's a mean, um, <laughs> mind the gap. It's almost like two. One of these things doesn't belong here. The way that it's oh. it's affixed to the front part of his scalp. Yeah. I am a I am a you know. Yeah, you're kind of sore. I know my um, toupees. Yes, as my father wore them my whole life yeah. until the very end. I know when they look good and when they don't look good. He's like really uh, though. But he doesn't mind it. He well, he's got his refrigerated basement for all of his yeah. wiglets, and, and I like that he brought out a wiglet that matched the beard. Right. Yes. And I see so that. he had his. But wig- it's very full. I it's mean, very whoa, full. That's very the full. thing that's yeah. hard is they're so full. Yeah. Well, he for some reason he is a guy who gets away with it. He does, and it's kind of cool that he doesn't mind. You know, he's or he, maybe he, j- he does. Maybe he thinks he's fooling the whole world. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, now this one, this headline just made me laugh. Farrah Abraham shamelessly flashed her new vagina on the can red carpet. My how first do you thought, do that? How, well, what is Farrah Abraham? If she's going to can, why are we? Right. She's the teen mom from MTV. The, yeah. Who's become a porn star. Yeah, oh, that's why she's there. Now, but it? I don't know. Did she, she get to walk the red carpet and everything? She was on... A red carpet. It was not yeah. at the Grand okay. Palais or whatever so where the movies are. So her red carpet are. was probably going down to the uh, 
to the yachts. No, it was inside really? at some kind of a dress exhibition. And, um, you know, she did get, I guess, I guess you can get a designer vag in Hollywood if you've got an extra. But the vag is the underneath. So what she really showed us is the mons pubis in front. But she did everything. Oh, she did. Yeah, she did everything. Cause she a had tutorial. A, yeah, a tutorial. So anyway, <laughs> that's fantastic. happening. Oh, um, and she... Wow. Wow. I don't think she meant to, but I don't really know. But she didn't wear underwear. And sometimes some of those dresses people just do not want to have. It's a satin bottom. So whatever. So that's a headline. Also, um, uh, Donnie posted the Spike Lee uh, trailer for his new movie, which people, the Black Klansman. The Black Klansman. Yes. Wow. Starring Adam Driver, John David Washington, and it's based on a real-life story of an African-American police officer, Washington, and his partner, Driver, who went undercover to infiltrate the Ku Klux Klan in the late 70s to thwart an attempt to overrun the city. It looks really good. It looks so good. And there's humor in it, too. I mean, and it was produced by the guy who did Get Out. Jordan, Jordan Peele. Yeah, and then Spike Lee directed mm-hmm. it. Joe Alwyn was in Cannes last night for the first time ever to get the Trophy Chopin uh, Award for... Is that for, Taylor Swift's, Swift's boyfriend? Yes, oh to my. a rising star. Wow. Um, oh, I thought it was the award that goes to Taylor Swift's current boyfriend. No, no, he has two <laughs> movies, movies coming out. out later this year. One's a both, historical fiction Both one of something. them are period pieces. Oh, they are. Mary Queen of Scott, and the other one is called The Favorite. And The Favorite... They're spelling it with U-R-I-T, the British yes, way, yes. because it's a historical drama about Queen Anne, and he's oh. in both of them, and he's never been to Cannes. And Boy, he, feels, he looks young. He he does, but he's he's cute, and last week he was in Glendale when Taylor Swift kicked off her Reputation Stadium Tour. He was in the VIP section with his mom and, um, and Taylor's parents, and... Um, so he he's really is cute, and I think he's good buddies with Jack Antonoff too, based on some of wow. the photos from that Glendale. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so he's getting an award. Uh, he got an award last night, so that happened. And there was a mass walkout at Cannes last night for the new Lars von Trier movie with Matt Dillon and Uma Thurman. They're calling it a black comic thriller, but they said uh, people were... Roger Freeman said it was it was such a vile movie it should have never been made and that maybe it's worse than the brown bunny. That's is, hard to believe. Which is considered <laughs> oh, that's wow. the Chloe Savigny and yeah. Vincent yeah. Gallo movie. It's considered the worst, most vile movie ever. Vomitive made. and pathetic. Vomitive? Yes, pathetic. That's the new word. <laughs> wow. All right. So, all right. So but, now we've got you up at the Cannes Film Festival. All right. So any questions, call Julia. Con. <laughs> call Cannes. Call, call Cannes. We'll be back.